This class is about the model of Jesus in regard to the various approaches that Jesus took as he addressed different kinds of people. Uh, many people think when you see a Muslim, oh, he must be fitting a certain category or stereotype. Uh, Islam is not monolithic. Different Muslims are different. They have different interests, different levels of education, social strata, economics, political affiliation. They're very different. In the same way, in the audience of Jesus, there were many types of people, and he treated different people differently. Sometimes he met individually with Nicodemus or the Samaritan woman or others. Uh, sometimes he addressed crowds. And so let's look at the four different approaches that Jesus used. And uh, hopefully we'll learn from them um, to uh, follow in his examples. These four approaches are, I'm going to use these Latin words, uh, Latin and Greek terms. Polemic is the first one. Apologetic. Irenic and charismatic. <laughs> uh, polemic is like uh, confrontation, an attack. Uh, there are some people who are specialized in polemics. Did Jesus use polemics? Did he attack? Uh, I know some people say, well, don't attack. Uh, we shouldn't be arguing with people and so on. And I often say that myself. But I have recognized that there are people with special gifts uh, to do polemics. And Jesus did do polemics. Here are some examples. Jesus uh, approached the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders by attacking them. Uh, in Matthew chapter 15, he called them hypocrites. He called them whitewashed tombs. In Matthew uh, 23, uh, he calls them blind fools. And in John chapter 8, he, uh, after arguing with him that uh, Abraham is their father and God is their father, he said, your father is the devil. And we have lots of scripture from the four Gospels, and I'm basing my study mostly on the Gospel of Matthew, to show that when Jesus met with the uh, Pharisees, he was pretty hard on them. And uh, they were, of course, hard on him. They were trying to trick him and ask him questions. But he was very polemic with them, attacking their character, attacking their relationship with God, calling them hypocrites, and attacking their, the way they treat people as well. Now, I have to admit, it's very difficult for me to attack uh, someone uh, that I meet, like off the street, or someone I know and I want to develop a friendship with. Um, apparently, Jesus had the authority to uh, speak uh, polemically with the Pharisees. Uh, on the other hand, we see Paul doing the same thing. Uh, in Acts 9, uh, it says here that Paul talked and debated with the Grecian Jews uh, who tried to kill him. 
Uh, in fact, one comment we see after Jesus uh, attacked the Pharisees, uh, we uh, often find this comment says, they plotted to kill him. They were so mad at him that he uh, jerked them, he shook them with his attack. Uh, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 10.5 that we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So there's confrontation in ministry to certain people who are stuck in their ways and we shake them by attacking their worldview, their uh, belief system. And uh, I know people who do debates. I have often done debates. In my own debates, I don't attack. That's my style. But I've seen a number of people who do debates and they, um, their purpose is to shake the confidence of Muslims in their religion, in the Quran, uh, in, their, uh, in uh, Muhammad, and to uh, cause them to consider the alternatives, which is Jesus Christ, the Bible, and Christianity. There are some positive and negative uh, results to polemics. The negatives is, that uh, you may be killed, or you may be threatened, or you may be persecuted. And people get offended in Matthew 15. And in John 8, it's obvious that the Pharisees were offended by Jesus. And they called him demon-possessed. There are also positives. The positive is, and this is where polemics is most useful. Polemics is useful not with the person you are debating or attacking, like in the case of Jesus, uh, it wasn't for the Pharisees' sake, although thankfully uh, a number of the Pharisees have followed Jesus and left uh, their old ways. But the main purpose is the crowds. When Jesus was attacking the Pharisees, it's to demonstrate to the crowds what is right and what is wrong in the religion that they have followed because they were looking to these Pharisees as their leaders and following their example which was not uh, a good example. They were not living righteous lives. And uh, in John 7, 31, for example, says, many in the crowd put their faith in him. So as he was being polemic with the people, with the uh, few uh, leaders, uh, the crowds were benefiting from his teaching. Uh, the risk in, uh, in polemics is that it polarizes the relationship, and it may close the door for future evangelism in certain countries or certain people. Now, what I would like to address is that if you feel called to confront Islam and the Quran and the Hadith and Muhammad, confront Muslims with the falsehood of Islam, you need to be very well prepared. Uh, those who uh, do polemics usually need to learn the Arabic language very well. They need to know the Quran very well. They need to study the history of Islam so that when you quote a verse or tell something from the Hadith or from history that uh, the person who's listening to you can uh, trust your word and, uh, and that you will not be demolished by someone who knows better than you. 
So we need to be careful in our polemics uh, to, to know that we know what we're talking about. A lot of people attack Islam because they read a verse here and there from a book they found. They don't really understand the full thing. So if you're called to polemics, basically you're called to study very well. The second approach of Jesus is apologetic. Apologetics sometimes is mixed with polemics and people uh, get confused between them. Polemics is confrontation, is trying to demolish somebody else's argument. Apologetics is more a defense. A defense of the Christian faith and answering objections of Muslims. There are Muslims who struggle with the Trinity. They do not understand the cross. They see it as a weakness. And so you apologetically, in a sense defensively, uh, not in a negative way, but to defend, you bring out these truths. Jesus also used apologetics with uh, Nicodemus, for example. Jesus defended his own sonship when he was attacked. So he responded to polemics of the Pharisees with apologetics from his side. Jesus defending the disciples because they were eating. He defended the tax collectors. He defended the sinners and defended his disciples in many instances and defended healing people on the Sabbath day. Paul also used apologetics in Thessaloniki and in Berea. The results of apologetics are somewhat more positive than polemic because people will not be as offended because you're not attacking them, you're only explaining. In my explaining the gospel in an apologetic way, I have offended people because in a sense, even though you do not outwardly uh, attack, well, the facts, the truth of the gospel uh, do confront people with their falsehood. The third approach is uh, Irenic. Irenic uh, is about a peaceful, conciliatory approach that seeks to win the trust of people that you are witnessing to. Often this means establishing a relationship through friendship evangelism, lifestyle evangelism, through dialogue, and seeking to produce positive responses in the target audience. There are people who use Iranic in a healthy way. There are others who use it in an unhealthy way. One of the unhealthy ways of using Iranics is when you only dialogue. <clears throat> there was a dialogue movement that started in the 50s and continues till today where a Muslim and a Christian say, let's just sit together. I'll tell you what I believe. You tell me what you believe. And there is no challenge to change. So the missionary would not challenge the Muslim, just leaves facts as they are. Uh, but a healthy way to do Iranic approach is to um, befriend people and not causing any stumbling, uh, stumbling block to them. In, with many people, Jesus was Iranic. Jesus was called the lover of the sinners, the friend of the sinners and the tax collectors. He didn't come to the tax collector attacking him for his deception, for his misuse of money, for his abuse of people, or uh, being uh, uh, an instrument in the hands of the Romans to oppress the Jews. 
He just loved them. And we notice that Jesus did polemics with the leaders who are self-righteous, but he was more ironic with the people uh, who were uh, humble in their spirit, and they welcomed him in their homes. Jesus won the crowds and amazed them by his ironic teaching. And it says in Matthew 9, it says, Many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him. So here we see a friendship developing between Jesus and the people he was reaching uh, out to. Uh, the fourth approach, which I want to emphasize more, which is the charismatic approach. Kerygma comes from the word keruso in the Greek, which means to proclaim, to announce the good news. To preach, in other words. And I want to emphasize on this. I believe of all the four uh, approaches, and they all have their place, um, uh, but also you need to know what is your calling. Is your calling to do polemics or apologetics? In polemics, as we said, you have to study the Quran, Islam, history. Apologetics, you still need to know uh, the, the arguments on the other side, but you need to be more versed in the Bible, in theology, in doctrine, so that you'll know how to answer those difficult questions. Irenic, everybody can be irenic. And uh, charismatic, everybody can be charismatic as well, but we need to know what that means. When you do, when you choose to be a charismatic preacher, meaning a witness to the gospel, you are urging people to come to know Jesus Christ. You are using the Word of God to explain uh, what uh, God has done for you. The plan of salvation. Uh, in uh, charismatics, you seek to share the gospel of Muslims relationally and publicly. You can actually preach. I do a lot of lectures. These are charismatic lectures. Um, I do mention uh, uh, in my announcements about these lectures that I'm going to address issues of difference between Christianity and Islam. Uh, but I do that in a charismatic approach. When I accept debates, I also do it in a charismatic approach. And by the way, all of the approaches need to be charismatic at the heart in the sense of preaching the gospel through them because the, there should not be just polemics for polemics' sake. It has to lead people to the knowledge of Jesus. Other words for the word polemic is preaching, testifying, evangelizing, and witnessing. Um, Paul was uh, very uh, charismatic in his approach. Primarily, Jesus and Paul were charismatic. They proclaimed, they taught the Word of God. They preached the gospel of salvation uh, through, uh, through Jesus Christ. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.17, Christ did not send me to baptize but to preach the gospel. Paul recognized that his primary calling is the preaching of the gospel. He was an apostle of the gospel, not with words of human wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. In Matthew chapter 10, we see Jesus saying, 
to us, to his disciples, when he trained them and sent them, the 72, he said, go to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach, the kingdom of heaven is near. This is charismatic. Preach. And in Matthew 28, when Jesus uh, gave his disciples his last words before he went to be, to be with the Father, he said, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, Jesus said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. <coughs> the preaching of the gospel, the charismatic approach, is about convicting people of their sin and giving them the message of hope and salvation if they were to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 4, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Jesus was quoting uh, Isaiah 61, uh, speaking in Isaiah 51 about the anointed one who will come one day. And Jesus here in Capernaum is standing in the synagogue. He was given the book of Isaiah. He opened it and he read these words. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim. Notice the word preach and proclaim in the same text. Freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressed. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Referring to himself as the one prophesied by Isaiah to be the preacher of the gospel. The charismatic approach is the preferred approach, whatever your approach is, because uh, it gives hope to the hopeless, uh, to help those who cannot see the truth, uh, see the truth, and the poor to receive the message of hope that Jesus makes them rich by... Um, uh, giving them his blessings. The results of the charismatic approach is always positive. Of course, there are people who reject or refuse or move away. They do not want to hear anymore. But God, Jesus had already warned us that many will hear, only a few will receive. Many are called, many are invited, but few are chosen. In my uh, ministry, as I speak to individuals, or to groups, whether it's a small group or a large group, sometimes hundreds, even thousands of uh, people uh, who come to lectures or debates. I'm always looking for those who are being saved, so to speak, as uh, Paul uh, spoke about, or those who are listening on the edge of their chairs because they are interested and they want to know more. Many people, there could be two people sitting next to each other. One person is so excited to hear, the other one is either sleepy or getting upset and does not want to hear. But the charismatic approach uh, that Jesus used is the one 
that has brought much more fruit than any other approach I have used before. There was a time when I was much more polemic, and I would rebuke people, and sometimes I've been rude and shouted at people, and it did not build any good relationship with them. Uh, we need to realize also one important factor, is that although we follow in the example of Jesus, sometimes we do, uh, there are things that Jesus did that we cannot do or we must not do, that they are very particular to Him. He had the authority that we do not have. But He did tell us to preach. He did not tell us to attack. He did not tell us to apologize or to defend. And He did not tell us to be uh, peaceful, except uh, Paul says that we need to be peaceful with everybody as much as it is up to us. But the uh, imperative, the teaching in regard to the gospel is to preach the gospel. There are 118 times in the New Testament when the preaching of the gospel is mentioned. 38 of these are connected with the word uh, the, together, the two words, preach the gospel. Preaching and the gospel come hand in hand. The uh, order, the commanding order for us is to preach the gospel, meaning to share the good news with people. Because the gospel is the Greek word for, uh, made out of two words, you, which means new, and Evangelion, which means news. New news, good news. Uh, to tell the good news uh, that Jesus saves is uh, the gospel. Uh, the benefits of preaching, direct preaching, is you do not make enemies of the people uh, as long as they see that you are preaching to them with love, with compassion in your heart. And uh, I'm thankful that um, over the years I've learned that every time the gospel has been preached, there are people who come to know him. Because the preaching of the gospel is the most attractive. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine anybody rejecting the gospel if they really had an opportunity to hear the full message of hope and salvation, uh, forgiveness and eternal life. Uh, those who reject have been blinded by Satan. Therefore, we need to pray for them that God will uh, shake their hearts and prick them to the heart. When Peter preached the gospel in Acts 2, uh, 3,000 accepted Christ. It was a very simple message. Uh, he said, repent and be baptized. And they were pricked to the heart. And they said, what shall we do? And he told them, yes, repent. And 3,000 came to know Jesus Christ. Of the four approaches, I want to emphasize the charismatic approach. You can do polemic if the Lord calls you to that, or apologetic ministry, or Irenics. But whatever you do, it must include the preaching of the gospel because this is what it is all about.